Right here we go on a Sunday morning in Las Vegas, just after eight o'clock. I'm Brian Feldman and mine. We're here live, same time every week on Fox Sports Radio, ninety-eight point nine FM and thirteen forty AM, flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights. We are live right now at Kickers Gaming and Sports Bar, just down the road from the Cashman Center. The address is nine thirty-one North Las Vegas Boulevard. Kickers will be at our home for a while because, due to COVID nineteen protocol, all live shows have been booted from the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio, and we all have been told that is until further notice. So if you're up in mobile, come on down and join us. We'll hook you up with some free donuts and orange juice, and uh, Kickers is offering mimosa and Bloody Mary specials during the show. Joining the show from his home in Pahrump is, uh, today is our social media director, Spencer the Wiz Ostrovsky. Nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz. No, I, I think the theme song's over. I can't hear it. But listen, he is the only intern in the world with his own theme music. And The Wiz also has his own sports talk show now, Delivering Sports, Friday nights at 7 on KSHP, which is 1400 AM on your radio dial. Also part of the show and social distancing back in the Fox Sports Residential Makeup Studio. Producer and future WWE star, Dino Demon, aka Demon Cotton. Uh, the show is also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live. The page is called Adeline. That's O U T T A L I N E. You can also follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Adeline Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp Studio line is 702 876 1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's on Tap. Okay, What's on Tap? Residential Bank Corp. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, Residential Bank Corp is the company you can turn to for all your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp, funding America one neighborhood at a time. On tap, the Vegas Golden Knights have won nine in a row and now have the best record in the NHL. Uh, the now-retired Julian Edelman were the of Hall of Fame. Now we'll find that out. And some long and but did professional individual about is today's sports. So keep it right here, or you can come down to Kickers Gaming and Sports Bar right now. We will be here for the next hour. The address is 931 North Las Vegas Boulevard, just down the road from Cashman Center, the Neon and the Neon Boneyard. Uh, that's what's on tap. If you are looking to buy a home or to refinance a home, America, one neighborhood at a time. And right now, Residential Bank Corp offering Nevada home buyers $2,500 forward closing costs for anyone and everyone who qualifies for any home financing program in the state of Nevada. Call 702-964-5720 for further details. And a real quick before we get started, and Spence, I don't know what's going on there, but I cannot hear myself or any of the theme music, so I hope when the time comes, I'm going to be able to hear Michael Babcock. Uh, please make that happen, because it will be kind of hard if I can't. And again, uh, just a few technical difficulties. We should be okay as the show goes on, though. I'm going to look and see if you texted me anything to let me know why I can't hear him. Uh, go ahead and send me a text, if you will, because I just want to make sure that when the time comes, I am able to hear him, because I can't hear anything else right now. But uh, real quickly, I did want to mention that um, and I'm assuming we are on the air and you can't hear me guessing that. So hoping you can out there real quickly. Um, we're down at kickers and kickers gaming and sports bar. If you haven't been down to this place, it is a standalone sports bar. One of the very few in Las Vegas. And it's right down the road from downtown. Like I said, right down the road from Cashman center. And, um, uh, oh, let me see that. Yeah. Spencer, you got a good point. Let me make sure I'm dialing up and turning this up. Maybe that's the problem. Hold on. No, it says it is up. I don't know. I'm hoping. Let's see. Let's hope it's on. Okay. 
but but just let me know you can you can hear me. So that's the most important thing, right? Yeah, I am I am allowed alive and loud. He's texting me, and I apologize for this. Spence usually here with me, so it helps out a little bit more. I'm just not sure, but I'm not hearing anything in my headset. So I'm I'm assuming you can all hear me out there. But again, it's one of the very few sports. Uh, downtown 17 tvs showing all the big games they've got the sunday ticket the nhl package and the game sound is on which is really really cool um when you're down here it is a great atmosphere very um quaint and uh it is a sports theme as you can see behind me uh it's just some great graffiti just a great great place to check out the game plus during Vegas Golden Knights game, which there is one tonight at 6 o'clock as they are in Anaheim to play the Ducks, they um, give away – they sell shots for $2. And every time the Knights score, you get a free shot. And the way the Knights are going right now, that's what you're looking to do. Pretty crazy. They also are a full-service uh, sports bar, which means they've got a full-service tavern license. It means they have the ability to sell the beer that you get at the bar and you can take it home with you, which is pretty damn cool. Not a lot of places offer that. So it's awesome. And I'll find out now if I can hear. Spencer, go ahead and hit nightcap, and let's see if I can hear that one. If not, hook me up, brother. I need some help out here. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts. And the puck into the Anaheim zone, a centering pass yeah, the puck. off a of back as but bounces right back and into the slot. A chance for Stevenson, who scores. Heinen wanted to toe-drag it in, but it's poked off his stick by Theodore. Yeah, it was a good defensive play by Theodore, that long stick of his. Now he stretches it to Stevenson, who's behind the defense, and scores! Boy, it was all on display there. Theodore makes a nice defensive play, a better pass, and Stevenson with the finish. Uh, yeah, Chandler Stevenson is playing the best hockey of his career right now. 12 goals this season exceeds his previous total of eight, which he had last year. He's getting better and better every year. It looks like a great pickup from the Washington Capitals. And again, two goals last night. He passed up a, a goal late to the wide open goal and passed it up, which would have given him a hat trick last night. And that would have been his first career hat trick. A pretty unselfish play. But the Golden Knights now, after winning 5-1 over Anaheim last night, have won nine games in a row. Uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. They are the first uh, number one team in the NHL first team to 70 points uh, and they're now four points in front of the Colorado Avalanche by the way they'll be playing Colorado this coming Wednesday night at T-Mobile Arena what a big game that is going to be and kind of a parameter a barometer um, of where they are right now uh, because that's a lot of people consider you know Colorado they've been kind of the thorn in the side of the Vegas Golden Knights and we'll see See if that team, um, you know, if they what they could do against them. It's them in Minnesota, both other teams in the West that seem to give the Knights the biggest problem. The teams they're most worried about. So we're going to find out on Wednesday night um, what this team is capable of. Uh, Colorado, a very good, very fast team, but the Vegas Golden Knights right now, the best team in the NHL. I don't know if they're the odds-on favorite to win the Stanley Cup, but I've said this entire season that I believe this is the year this team can win the Stanley Cup. And Spence, I don't know if I, you can hear me and I can hear you, but um, what do you think, man? I mean, how good has this team been playing? No, it's it's special. And the great greatest thing about it is getting these contributions from guys like Chandler Stevenson, who, I mean, you have to think of how complex like hockey is offensively, but when you're trying to defend the Golden Knights, you have Petrangelo, obviously, then you have Shea Theodore. So defensively, you're already scared because those two guys in the back are just snipers. Uh, and then you have to go down to the actual offensive players, like the Pacioretties and all of them. So once you feel like you've tried to figure that part out of it, then you have, oh, wait, Chandler Stevenson is just sniping goals in. And when you have all of this together, it's what makes the team so good. This game against um, the Avalanche on Wednesday, I think, is huge. They need, I think they need that victory, right? Like, besides the fact of getting first in the West, which is, it seems a little more attainable now just how hot they are. You just worry that they're not overextending themselves. But it doesn't really seem like they are at all because everybody on the team is getting something done. I think they should still get rid of Ryan Reeves. I think they should have done it a while ago to kind of complete this <laughs> four-line thing uh, just because I don't think he does anything for the team at, at any point. But, um, you know, I just think Peter DeBoer has a great understanding of the roster from top to bottom, maybe more than any other coach in the entire league in the way he knows where to put guys and what lines to put them on. 
Well, Ryan Reese, first of all, has not been seeing the ice a lot. I thought maybe he was hurt, but that's really not the case. He's just uh, they're too they're too packed right now. They are too established and too many guys contributing. You see, Cody Glass is down with the Henderson Silver Knights, and if he doesn't pick it up, he's not going to see the ice in the NHL this season again. Kind of a disappointment. I think they really expected this should be a year he would, and he really hasn't. But Chandler Stevenson one of the guys that has really stepped up. And if this team goes on to win a Stanley Cup or make at least a, another deep run into the Stanley Cup playoffs, Chandler Stevenson is one of the guys that's going to be an X factor that's going to help this team out. Spencer, I got to say, now that I see you and you're up and running, you made your bed, brother. Did you do that just for the show today? Of course, yeah. And I have very like these beautiful paintings wow, that my great-grandfather made too, if you can believe it. He's one of the – I wish I had an ounce of his artistic talent, uh, but – I like to have him next to my bed a little, makes me seem a little cultured. <laughs> I think he may have, <laughs> I think Brian may have froze for a second, but uh, yeah. And if anyone is also wondering, I have next to me my N64, my Sega Genesis. So we'll wait for Brian to get back. But to get back to the Golden Knights, uh, again, I think this is, I like to try to compare this to the first team because that's what everyone like has in mind, right? Like, are they going to be like that? I don't know what you can even make a contextually out of that first year of the Golden Knights because it was something like in the air, <laughs> something beyond what we had ever known when it comes to expansions in sports. So here we go. Brian, I think you're back here. I think you just need to unmute yourself. I think you're muted, Brian. So just go ahead and hit that microphone button and uh, you'll be back on. Yeah, just uh, the mute button should be red, so you just got to click it, and then your microphone will be back on. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, uh, the Golden Knights—they're—they're uh, they're skilled this year, right? It's not just everything or the cities behind them. We are still behind them, but we are something much more than that now. We are an actual contender. People are scared to play us because of our roster. We were a team of misfits before. And now we have Petrangelo and Pacioretty and all these guys. I know I give them a lot, like, <laughs> I know I say a lot of bad things about these guys, but clearly they're able to make it and be productive. I mean, talk about Mark Stone. And we always say that he's a top five player in the NHL. This guy almost is leading the team in goals and assists at the same time, something that you would rarely see. Uh, Brian, were you able to hit that mute on the mute button again so you can get the microphone on? <laughs> Shoot me a text if you if you can, Brian, uh, and I, maybe I could help you there too. Um, if anything, make sure that uh, you may want to like unplug your headphones and plug them back in. Uh, I'm not sure, and then maybe it'll work there. What's looking ahead at the uh, Golden Knights schedule here? Uh, moving forward, we talked about the Avalanche because uh, this season, you know, we are deep into the season at this point, so. Uh, they have that game against the Avalanche on Wednesday. A lot of single games, something we're not used to seeing this season. The Coyotes, which should be hard, but we usually play very well. Oh, Brian, I think you're back. Uh, I can't hear you, though. Uh, make sure that your audio and your microphone is set to the Xperia headphones. Brian, you may want to like leave the broadcast loom and uh, re-click on the link. I think that may be uh, maybe the best way to go about it. Okay, uh, so like I was saying, Minnesota Wild, the Blues, who uh, are okay in the division, and then the Sharks. So two more games against the Avalanche will probably be the difference maker for the season. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, I think they're just going to continue to run the gauntlet because the West is so weak. And, you know, they start jockeying for playoff position. I think they're an extremely dangerous team. And uh, hopefully Brian is back on here so we can get on to our special guest today. One moment, everybody, please. Sorry about the technical difficulties today. We we're just working through them a little bit here. Brian? Uh, I'm here. There we go. You okay, we're all good. Yep, we're all good. Okay, thank goodness. All right, I don't see myself, but it's okay. No, you're good. You're there. All right. Okay. Then. All right. Let's uh, let's recap. Let's bring up. Uh, we got we got Michael on the line. Yes, he he's ready to go. Can't hear you.
All right, there we go. Okay, great. Yep, he's he's ready to go, Brian. How are we doing? We all right now? No, we're all good. We're all good. He's ready to go. All right, we'll bring him up. Okay, bring him up and let's let's do fact this. Fact this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. I see Michael Babcock. I don't know if you can hear me or not. Brian, can you hear me, brother? Guys, can I, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Michael. I'm sorry about that. Brian, hey, can no, you hear us? I can hear you. you. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you. We got I can you. Hear Brian, good. yeah. I feel like okay. Oh, God, I got a cat with a cone. <laughs> we're all good? Me here. <laughs> yeah, we're all good, Brian. You're good to go. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Well, we we got a segment where you, we kick it off with Mike, so I'm going to try to get this going and see if we can do it. It's fact this, if I can hear it. Spencer, can you hit the fact this button? Fact this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. All right, I'm going to assume that's over with, but, hey, it's a fact. A little less than two weeks ago, Julian Edelman announced his retirement from the National Football League, and it sparked a national debate amongst fans, the media, and yep. former players on whether or not Julian Edelman will eventually be inducted into the Hall of Fame. This is a fair debate that I do have a strong opinion on, and to help me out and maybe change that opinion, joining us on the Fox Sports Residential Studio line and on StreamYard is the one and only Michael Babcock of TMZ Sports. Hey, what's up, Michael? Hopefully everything is sound and I can hear you now. We're going good. And before I go on my rant, I want to hear from you. Is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? What's up, Brian? Thank you for having me. Yeah, I can hear you. I can see you now. And and thanks again for having me. Oh, man, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? Uh, No, if you look at his numbers. And it's a resounding no, if you you look at the numbers. And I I guess that's the whole debate here. Julian Edelman was a guy who obviously won three Super Bowls, uh, was very instrumental in winning those Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl MVP. But if you look at the numbers, they're not there. I mean, this is a guy... No Pro Bowls, no All-Pro teams, uh, 620 catches, uh, uh, just shy of 7,000 receiving yards, 36 touchdowns. I, I just picked another guy who I think should be in the Hall of Fame and, and who is a receiver, Torrey Holt, a guy who has continually uh, been snubbed, been eligible since 2015, has not made the, uh, the Hall of Fame. Uh, he, he made two All-Pro teams, seven Pro Bowls. He had 920 catches. He had 300 more catches than Julian Edelman. He, had, uh, he has... Uh, double Julian Edelman's receiving yards, and he has 38 more touchdowns. Julian Edelman, 36 touchdowns. Uh, Torrey Holt had 74 touchdowns. So I, I look at that. I look at a guy who uh, you know the Hall of Fame voters have deemed to not be worthy of the Hall of Fame, and then I look at those numbers compared to Julian Edelman, and I say it's hard for me to ever imagine Julian Edelman making the Hall of Fame with those numbers, despite what he did in, in the uh, playoffs and the Super Bowls. I, I, I get it. I just don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Hey, Michael. Sorry, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties. No, that's all good. <laughs> Hopefully, but no, I agree with you. Uh, it's kind of a hard conversation to have because if he didn't play his career with Tom Brady, are we even having this conversation about him being in the no. Hall of Fame? I mean, oh. probably not. I mean, he's pushed so many guys over the edge throughout the years and made them look better than they probably are. But I will say the best argument for him, of course, is the fact that he has this great resume in the postseason. He's like near the top in yards and touchdowns and the whole night. And then he won Super Bowl MVP as well. So, uh, right. Right. Now you look at the Atlanta game, the Atlanta Super Bowl, they probably, I mean, you know, I say they don't win that game if uh, Julian Edelman doesn't come up with that spectacular catch. So, yeah, I, I understand all that. Look, different sport. It reminds me of uh, of the Yankees from the late '90s and the early 2000s. It reminds me of some of those guys on those teams, like uh, Bernie Williams and uh, and Andy Pettit. You know, those guys, uh, perennial winners. The numbers, regular seasons uh, particularly, are just not there. So it reminds me of those guys. Those guys haven't gotten in. Granted, different sport, uh, but True. similar circumstance. And I, I, yeah, I think you're right. If if he doesn't play with Tom Brady. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how popular of a player Julian Edelman is. Uh, you know, if he was anywhere else, uh, he doesn't get those opportunities in the postseason, and, and and he isn't the Julian Edelman that we know now. And 
and then is certainly not a Hall of Famer. I mean, this is not even a conversation that's happening if he isn't uh, teammates with Tom Brady. Yeah, and he's probably the only slot receiver to, rev- to survive a career with Tom Brady who doesn't really yeah. care about them. He kind of just right. throws them to the wind and throw them in any pocket and get those guys killed. But there is one yeah. more uh, huge element, I think, of this conversation. I'm, I'm really hoping Brian's back on here. But during this TMZ interview, uh, you know, one of the reporters mm-hmm. asked Gronk if he thinks if he really is retired or if he's done forever. And he says he's there's 69 chance that he'll come percent chance he'll come back and go to the Buccaneers. I don't know about that number, of course. He's just being goofy. But do you think yeah. there's any he possibility? Come, <laughs> he's not coming back. <laughs> no. Grunk just wanted to say 69. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't I, – I think he's done. I think with Gronk, you knew that there was a chance Gronk was going to come back and that this uh, retirement thing was only going to be temporary. Julian Edelman's older than Gronk was himself when he retired – different uh physical ailments yeah i don't think there's any there's no not a 69 percent chance i don't even think there's a a 10 chance that he comes back i think julian edelman is done he's retired i was uh hoping brian would kick back on there. yeah it's not working huh <laughs> connection over there technology uh, i know right it's, it's, all, it's all perfect until it's not brian are you, are you back yeah there? he's he's been hurt through most of his career he's had injury issues but you know as far as the hall of fame goes and i don't know if i'm up and running if you guys aren't now this is so hard to figure out but you know it's it it's not going to say that They turn him man. I think the Wi-Fi. Okay, uh, we can still talk about this, and I, I am curious actually to talk to you about from the yeah. Patriots' perspective, right? Because. Uh, they've transitioned and they had a lot of guys opt out last year and silently they still have like a seven win season, which is in my opinion, amazing from where they are at. I thought they would be like at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, People are thinking they may move up for a quarterback here. So we know Julian Edelman's gone, like the whole original reign of who the guys were over there have left the team. Where do you kind of see the Patriots moving forward from here? Do you like what they're doing? Do you think they're going to move up in the draft maybe for a quarterback? We know that's kind of the biggest rumor. Some people think they'll stay put with Cam Newton. Yeah, Edlin, I, look, I like I like a lot of the moves. They were obviously very active this offseason, and it's it's clear they're trying to reload. I think there was some thought that, uh, you know, uh, Belichick might be done, might be, uh, you know, the coaching career might be coming to an end. I think that's, that's obvious now that that's not the case, that Bill Belichick is going to coach the Patriots for a long time. He is nowhere near done. He loves coaching. This is his life. And, look, they were very active. It's it's hard. I don't know why. Just something about the Patriots. It's even with all the rumors. It's hard for me to imagine them moving up and and grabbing a quarterback. It's just it doesn't seem like the Patriots thing to do. We know they like to collect draft capital, not give it away. So until I see that done, uh, I, I don't think it's something that's going to happen. Though they could surprise me. And uh, again, very active in free agency this year. Uh, I do like what they're doing, though. I, I could see them rocking with Cam Newton for another season see how that goes, uh, and then obviously determining if they need to find somebody else who is their long-term quarterback. But I I like what they're doing. And like you said, the Patriots' bad season is a seven-win season, and and that shows you because, uh, you know, a lot of other teams out there, when you have a bad season, you win three games, uh, not seven, and they were still competitive. And uh, I I expect that they will be much better this season. Yeah, so, I mean, let's say they're not moving forward with Cam Newton. Like, let's say if they were able to acquire a Deshaun Watson or something, like even through all of this, who knows, because his trade value is just – out there but with yeah. all the new free agency acquisitions whatever who with whoever they draft maybe Devonte smith like uh, yep. later like i think he could fall to that position realistically yep. how serious are they as you know i know they have the bills in their uh you yep. know in their position but they also have the best coach in the nfl period so if they have a, a difference maker at the quarterback position let's say an all pro caliber are they serious next year like should we start it, talking it, about it, them as contenders it, 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 I, I, look, I think if you add Deshaun Watson, uh, yeah, I, I think they probably are with the other moves that they've made this offseason. I, I don't think that's realistic right now. I know. Look, and the Patriots, we've seen them do this. They, when nobody else can touch a guy, the Patriots can touch him, and they just have that. They they have that infrastructure. Bill Belichick's the coach, obviously, and, and they signed Antonio Brown when Antonio Brown had a lot of crazy allegations uh, circling around him. So they can hand they can handle guys like that. Um, I think. 
he Deshaun Watson is just in too deep right now. I think uh, you have you know twenty plus women making uh, numerous different accusations against him. I don't think that uh, that even the Patriots would trade for him right now. And and I think the the windfall what you would get in return when you were talking about numerous first round picks just months ago. I think all that's gone right now. I think you you might get a, a you know a, a bag of balls for Deshaun Watson at this point. I mean that's how tarnished his name is right now. So yeah, look, I, I would love if they could make that move. I just don't think that's a, a, a possible move right now. I think he is just too radioactive, uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and I think Brian's back, so hopefully. Uh, Brian, are, are you uh, are you with us? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see if I'm surviving in downtown Las Vegas right now. I'm definitely trying to hang in there, and we'll see. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Deshaun Watson, Michael, I, I, it's a subject for a whole other show. That could take up yeah. an hour all by itself. <laughs> yeah. I am blown away by everything we have learned about that guy to this point in time. Amazing that you get the kind of money he gets, the kind of notoriety, the kind of fame, and to have these allegations against you. You know, I mean, it was one thing when we heard one or two, but it's something, yep. it's, it's obviously, it's, it's an obsession of the guys. And again, it, it's a subject for another show, but really a, tra a travesty that this has gone on. All of us, I mean, I'm so disappointed. It's unbelievable. He's a good look. We're working through it, and uh, I'm actually working remote today. So uh, if I if I wasn't at home, we would be like completely off the air. Sometimes it just wants to work that way. I'm sorry about all the technical difficulties there. Um, so we'll hopefully get Brian like one another opportunity maybe <laughs> to uh, pop on. I, I know how it goes. I've had I've had many problems since being home, and with all the yeah. technologies, yeah, so the Wi-Fi happen. just doesn't seem to get caught up there. Um, uh, oh, Brian! I think All right, you're there back. we go. Are we back again? Yeah, I think you're back. I think you're that back. Sounds good. Uh, so, Michael, real quickly, you know, I know TMZ has been following the obvious verdict. Um, this has been something that is long time coming, and again, of course, Las Vegas gets in a little controversy with Mark Davis's tweet. Yep. We can all breathe. Props and I think out of context. Now, in retro, um, it was completely taken out of context. He was kind of saying this is a sigh of relief that justice was served, and that's what Mark Davis yeah. was saying when he said he's not yeah. going to retract the statement. And all of us kind of were holding our collective breath. Look at how yeah. America was bracing for if these twelve jurors came back with the wrong verdict. Uh, people were boarding up their stores. I mean. It was a huge sigh of relief, and I think yes. that's what Mark Davis was trying to say. But you got people immediately on Twitter saying, "Nope, he is uh, he's out of line." Yeah, yeah, and you broke up a little bit there, Brian. But I think I got the gist of what you said. And right, look, that's how it is these days, right? When someone says something, and then you immediately jump on that person, especially on social media, on Twitter, it can be a toxic place. Um, look, Mark Davis, he he sent that tweet out because. Um, George Floyd's brother at a news conference after the Derek Chauvin verdict said, you know, now we can all breathe something along those lines. So Mark Davis watched uh, Philonis Floyd say that. And that's why he tweeted it. And and I think once he explained himself, I think it made a lot more sense. Uh, the, the we can breathe at first, it, it, it did seem a little uh I don't know cavalier disrespectful. I don't know what the word is, but it, it's it made you it made you think twice. It made you take a uh, you know, hey, is that is that really what they should have tweeted? But then once you hear why he tweeted it, and it was the brother who actually said that, and and the Raiders were essentially quoting George Floyd's brother. I'll say this. Furthermore, Brian, we actually then spoke with uh, the day after uh, George's brother, and we asked him, "Are you offended by this?" And he said, "No, not at all." He said. I know what Mark Davis was trying to do. He had no ill intent. So it look, if if the brother, the own brother of George Floyd, who was being quoted in the tweet, doesn't have an issue with what the Raiders did, then I, I mean I don't like telling people how to feel, but it feels like one of those things where nobody should have a problem with it then because he is George Floyd's brother. His brother was murdered and he doesn't have a problem with what the Raiders tweeted. And again, he thinks that their heart was in the right place. And, and, and now after hearing everything, so do I. So I think people just jumped on the Raiders too quick, didn't have the whole story. And, uh, and, and obviously uh, turns out that they think they were not in the wrong after all. 
ある。Uh, yeah, so、um, it's early to show up. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone right now. I don't know if you guys can hear there. Be- yeah, I thought exactly what Mike thought. And again, I don't know if I'm being right, but、um, I really thought afterwards it was heartfelt by Mark Davis. And he was standing up saying, America can collect for all of us here in Vegas to not like, and you know, at first, like I said, it's Mark Davis, but really. He was paying very close attention to this. And Mark Davis,、uh, with his finger on the pulse, said the right thing. And I think we all need to look at it like that because, again, America, matter of fact, probably the world took, caught its collective breath in the verdict. And it was gigantic. All of us、uh, needed to see that, needed to hear it, needed to know that.、Um, The Raiders, as well as many other sports franchises, came out and said the right thing. And that kind of segues into what else I was going to say, Michael, is you know, the NHL statement, which I thought was kind of lame. They said, while we hope the end of the trial offers a chance for healing, we remain committed to actively engaging in the movement for equality. And we、yeah. invite our fans to join us in supporting systematic change. I, I, you know, Mike, I thought it was weak. Yeah, like there were. It was, it was interesting reading the statements that came out, and, and the leagues, the teams,、uh, most of them said something. It was, I thought it was, it was fascinating to read who said what. You, have, you had some organizations,、uh, some teams that were really strong in their statements, and then you had some. The Knicks were one. The, the Knicks, and you know, there, there's been some controversy with James Dolan and where he is politically,、uh, you know, where, where he stands on some of these issues that are being discussed by the country right now. Knicks, Very, in my opinion, weak statement after the verdict. And right, the, the NHL, too, I saw a lot of people discussing that. And, and again, then you had other, other organizations who were, who were very strong and you know, that this is just one step, but there was a lot of work left to do. We remain committed to, you know, to making these changes. So, it, right, it was very fascinating. And, and I agree with you, Brian. I think that the,、uh, the NHL was pretty weak there. Again, I think the Knicks,、uh, Knicks and Rangers were pretty weak with what they said. And,、uh, and there were others that were not and were very strong. What about the Vegas Golden Knights? To me, that was almost the biggest injustice of all. The only team in the National Hockey League,、uh, well, my buddy Brian Shapiro said, so I'm going by what he told me, but the only team that had nothing to say whatsoever, they have one on their,、uh, on their team. Of something, so- yeah, I lost you a little bit there, Brian, too. But I, yeah, I think、uh, when you see everybody else, it looks like I'm saying- still around. No, it's telling me we're having trouble. It's probably me again. So- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I apologize、Technology. so much for this. We have a great show. We're gonna have Mike on again so we can get this right. But go yeah, ahead, absolutely. So, right, Look, Mike, I I'm, I'm just- waiting for Rod Serling, right. <laughs> Once you see, once, once you're the, the, the Knights and you see everybody else is saying something, I think you, you probably should put together a statement and, and, and,、uh, and offer some type of words on, on what has just happened. Obviously, a, a, a monumental, very important moment for our country.、Um, look, I, there's a, I think there's a, there is a fine debate to be had about you know, what, 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 what role does sports play in all this? Look, you look at some of the sports, the, the, the,、uh, the ratings. The, you know, there are ratings down essentially across the board. There are a lot of people who don't want politics and social issues mixed with sports. With that said, when you have, again, what was a very important moment for this country, and you see literally every other team, whether it's hockey, basketball, football, baseball, saying something, get together with your PR team and put together a statement. That's it. Yeah, and I'm really surprised because Bill Foley is a great owner. And I'll, I'll tell you what, he's as diverse as. Was a shocker to all of us to find out wow, we're not going to say a word about this, kind of let it go by the wayside. Well, we're saying a lot about it here, and of course. 
in our Twilight Zone episode of Out of Line. It is Michael Babcock with TMZ Sports. Love having you, brother. Uh, I also wanted to mention something. You know, obviously, we are seeing a, a quarterback late in draft. I think the last time five quarterbacks were taken in the first round, just a couple of years back in 2018, no question the first three players taken in this NFL draft are going to be quarterbacks. No one doubts oh, yeah. Trevor Lawrence will be number one. Number two, believe it or not, you know, I, I don't think anyone shocked Zach Wilson. It will be number two. We've yes. seen that guy improve. I, I keep calling him like a poor man's, uh, you know, a poor man's Patrick Mahomes because he makes all the same throws, throws across his body, yeah. and he really has developed into a top-tier draft pick. The number three pick, it does look like it's going to be um, Mac Jones. It does look yeah. like that, but yet in the same in the same uh, no one would be shocked if it was Justin Fields. Um, you've got five guys top ten picks this year, which is I think maybe you can uh, just comment on uh, some of the top five quarterback moves that you may be seeing. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think for sure. I know there's a lot of talk about who the Jets are going to take. I the think the guy just uh, came out and said, look, he's not stressing uh, out. He, he's going to go out there and do his job like he always has. What player was that, Brian? Trevor Lawrence and, and the statements that he made, uh, you know, that so many people just blew way out of context because the guy is a laid back guy. He's right. been getting the job done since he was a 19 year old freshman. And now all of a sudden we're going to sit there and say, wow, he, he should have a chip on his shoulder. Everyone's gunning for him. No, man. Right. He yeah, is I, I a could, stud, not and he more. will be a stud. I, I could not believe that that little that that one or two were you know sentences that he said during that interview got the attention that it did, and and and, and got the criticism that it did. That right, this guy has been this guy has been you know one of the greatest winners that we have seen. He is that's his personality. He's a laid back person. He's 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 not some you know rah rah in your face type of dude. He's it's just not him. All he does is win. I, I, I would have absolutely no qualms, no hesitations at all. And from, from everyone I've talked to, obviously the Jaguars are not concerned about this at all. I think it was a, it was a manufactured story. It was, there was nothing to it. And I, I would not be worried about Trevor Lawrence's motivation at all. I think that guy, he's going to be drafted first, and he is going to be a hell of a quarterback in the NFL for, for the next decade. I agree with you hundred percent. He's going to be great. The one guy that's kind of the X factor, the guy that no D one team wanted to bring in as a quarterback. They were making him an outside linebacker. They're talking about making him a wide receiver. Uh, Trey Lance and all he did, talk about winning. All he did was win, throw touchdowns, yeah. run the ball effectively and throw no interceptions. This kid looks like he could be the biggest surprise in the draft, even though he's not, a, he's not under the radar anymore. How good is Trey Lance in your opinion? Cause I keep telling people this kid's the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you see people saying that he's going to go, uh, you could see him going fourth uh, in the draft. I think he is a, he is legitimate. I, I get North, you know, North Dakota State. I understand. I understand. Uh, you know, we're not we're not talking about someone who's going up against SEC competition every week, week in, week out. I, I get it, but yeah, I, I, I like him a lot. Um, you know, th there's there's inexperience. I, I get it. I, I like him, and I do think he will probably be a top five pick uh, come uh, the first round of the draft. I, I really do. I, I like him a lot. It didn't, to, admittedly, I didn't get to watch him too much in college, but since, uh, you know, this debate has been raging, I've been watching a lot of his film on, on YouTube where else you can uh, see this guy play. And he has been, uh, he is a good, good quarterback. Absolutely. Well, and you say the intangibles. One of the biggest intangibles yep. of these players is heart and desire. I don't know that there's a kid in this draft that has more heart and desire. Yeah, He was determined to play quarterback. That's why he chose to go to a smaller school. The Twilight Zone radio, I'm guessing... It has to do with the wind out here. It has been unbelievably windy... <laughs> last of the show so that might be the problem with part of the reason we're having so many reception problems here but mike you know one thing i want 
to you. And MZ may want to do a story in this because I'm writing to ESPN and I'm serious about this. You know, yeah. the most inept sports franchise in the world has got to be the Detroit Lions. You know, Mike, and I'm sure you're yeah. aware of this because you've got your hands on the pulse of everything. But, you know, yeah. we've had 55 Super Bowls. Now, this year will be the 56th coming up. In that, in the Super Bowl era, the Detroit Lions have won one playoff game. They arguably have had the best running back of all time in Barry Sanders. If Barry doesn't retire early, Emmett Smith retires way before he did because Barry would have blown away that rushing record. Um, as I mentioned earlier, if if uh, he stays healthy and Megatron plays for a different team, come on, yep. Calvin Johnson may have been the most gifted wide receiver of all time. Between the two of them, yep. 21 years with the Detroit Lions and one playoff victory. How do people not make more of a story, and TMZ even, of the Detroit Lions and how bad this franchise is? They're owned by the Ford family. And one other thing, Mike, in a fact, is do you know that William Clay Ford signed the contract to buy the Detroit Lions the day JFK was assassinated? Wow. And they, the, the, when, they, when, they, when they were going to sell the team to him, they said, hey, should we wait till another day? It's kind of... And no, he wanted to sign that day. Wow. And then there's the curse. They say that Bobby Lane, when he got win but how is more not made we heard about the cubs we heard about the red sox the cleveland browns fans whining yet they've been to afc championship games on numerous occasions matter of fact this past year the cleveland browns in one year matched the win total of the detroit lions and one more thing i'll say in my rant is tim tebow has won as many playoff games in his career as the detroit lions have won in my lifetime and he's played in more because he played in two how is this not a gigantic story Right. No, it should be. Even look, you, you hear I was listening to somebody talk about the Giants and how bad their franchise has been. The Giants, they've won two Super Bowls in the last 15 years. Right. Uh, and they're considered a, a, a franchise in, in, in shambles. But no, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, to, to win one playoff game is, is absolutely absurd. I think it's just, I honestly think it's a lot about geography and where they are and uh, you know, if that was a team in New York or, or, or even in Los Angeles, I think there'd be a lot more said about it. But you're right. It, it goes under the radar just how inept they have been. And uh, they have so many they have so many holes, so many needs. Uh, you don't get the feeling that they're right there either. Uh, there's a lot of work for Detroit to do. No, it's unbelievable. And even Matthew Stafford is coming to L.A. now. They're all happy about it. He's played yep. three playoff games. He's lost them all. Arguably a, a really horrible call in the Dallas playoff game that might have been yes. you know, controversial enough to turn it around. But I, I'm not making excuses. This guy's going to L.A. I'm happy for him because maybe he'll get out of a career with something the Lions don't do for their quarterbacks or anybody else, and that's win a playoff game. The amazing thing is the only guy to win a playoff game that started at quarterback, you couldn't even tell me who who he is. He's a guy who, that tried to kill <laughs> Looks like Brian may have uh, jumped <laughs> off again. there again. Uh, but I guess we can, I would like to uh, maybe continue this conversation a little bit about the draft with you and maybe some of your favorite players. No, we not talk about quarterbacks, just who are some of the guys that you are just looking at the draft and like, wow, this is someone who I'd want to have on my team. Guys, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you, Brian, are you back? <laughs> Brian, I think, I think you're back, Brian. <laughs> The wind in Las Vegas. I don't know if I'm the only guy up that can be heard right now on the radio. There we go. We're back again. Uh, <laughs> I can, I can and uh, it is it is insane uh, what, what's going on here. I, all I can make it to is uh, the wind in the internet. This is this is something else, brother. But uh, I'll let you. I want you to jump on this. Wind is blowing mighty heavy over there. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's blowing really heavy. <laughs> No, so I, I was I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the draft. Maybe some of your favorite players. Doesn't have to be quarterback. Maybe it's I know there's a lot of talk about Jalen Waddle. I'm not really too huge on him. I think you have to tailor your entire offense off of him, which maybe right. is not a bad idea. I mean, the Chiefs do that with Tyreek Hill to a certain extent. But uh, who do you like in the draft that maybe they're going to get pushed because of so many quarterbacks being taken early on? Yeah, look, I was I was hoping Kyle Pitts would fall, but I think even with even with the five quarterbacks, I think uh, he probably doesn't go past seven or eight, pr probably not even six. 
Um, you look, uh, I, you know, I, I like the wide receivers. I like Chase. I like Devonta Smith. Um, what do you think of Mac Jones? See, the thing about Mac Jones is this is a fascinating conversation because objectively speaking, is Mac Jones worth three first round picks? The answer to that question is absolutely no. He's not. He's no. just not that talented. But but I will say the argument for Mac Jones is he is the ultimate – well, he, people are saying he's the ultimate system player. He's obsessed with film. And yep. Kyle Shanahan, we know, isn't huge on impromptu, right? Like he doesn't want your quarterback to do crazy spin no. moves out of the pocket to flip over the defender. He wants you to pass the ball where he wants it. He's basically – he. the only thing Kyle Shanahan can't do is go on the field and physically throw the ball. He just needs right. someone to do that for him. right. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, when you look at who they could take instead of Mac Jones, it's probably Justin Fields. And the thing yep. with Justin Fields is, you know, he's going to do impromptu stuff all the time because he's just so talented, right? With his legs, we've seen what you can do when you tailor your offense that way. He's really bad pocket awareness as well. But Mac Jones also kind of throws his mechanics out when he's rushed, when the team is blitzing him and he, you know, just kind of doesn't get it. So he'll have a lot of yep. interceptions. I think he'll have over 10. Wherever Mac Jones goes, he'll have over 10 interceptions simply because when he gets rushed, he just kind of throws his mechanics out the window. So how do you feel about Mac Jones being taken third overall, a guy who no one was talking about being taken in the top 10 like until a month ago? I don't know if you heard the end of that, but uh, just how you feel about Mac Jones uh, being taken third. Fellas, I don't know if you can hear me or not. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> you're, you're good, Michael. You can talk about Mac can, Jones. Can you guys hear me? Okay, I'm not sure if you can hear me or not. So, yeah, right. This was a guy. Oh, my Lord, this is something else. I, I can hear you. Now I'm up. I don't know if the rest of you are. I, now, wait, I just heard you, Brian. I, I can hear you now. <laughs> I, I can't hear Spencer. I couldn't hear Spencer, though. You're uh, no, you he was are... talking about Mac Jones. And you know what's funny is Mac Jones is a guy that is surprising. He even went to Alabama at the time having Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa in front of him. And he still went there with the right. determination to be the starting quarterback. And in one season, wow, look what he put together. Put himself in probably a top five draft pick. And I think he will go third to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, look, I, I think – I, I think Kyle Shanahan probably, you know, I think the intelligence is probably there with Mac Jones. I think that's something that they probably like. Uh, I, I, it just, I, I don't know if it's so clear cut, you know, I, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. I, 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 I don't know. This is a guy who we probably had around 10, uh, you know, uh, earlier in the off season. And, and now to see him going third, I, 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 I don't know. I, I just, I really don't know. Fellas, I'm not sure if you can hear me or not. I'm no, sorry. we can hear you. I think it was just Brian. I think he cut out there. But no, I agree with you. Um, not a lot of the one thing I will say about this draft that I think is most interesting is the idea that I don't really see any all pro defenders. I mean, the first defender that's supposed to be taken is Patrick Sertain. But yep. as I look at his scouting report, I see a guy who struggles when he's not in press coverage. If he can't dictate the physicality at the line of scrimmage, then you know, I don't think he would have maybe even gone in the first round last year. That's how right. what, maybe about. Micah Parsons goes before him, maybe a pick or two before him. But you're right. Defensively, especially with pass rushers, you don't see that elite pass rusher. There I mean, is no I, Joey Bosa's, no, no Nick Bosa's, nothing like that. Queenie Pay, you could say, is arguably the best edge rusher that can be yeah. taken, but he's more of a run defender than he is a pass rusher. And if you go right. down the list of other guys that are going to be taken in the first round, they excel in one area, whether it be the pass rush, but not the rush. And then you also have a lot of guys who are just kind of projects. Uh, the one, I think my favorite defensive players going in the first round are J.C. Horn and um, the kid out of Notre Dame, the linebacker who lined up against slot receivers in the NFL. It's interesting to, you know, an argument whether or not a guy that small can make the transition to being a linebacker in the NFL at that size. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say, but those two are really the only people defensively in the first round that I'd be comfortable taking and being like, I think these guys are going to be in my team in the next four years. Yeah, and I think that, and that's in part why you you're seeing a lot of teams and you're hearing a lot of people uh, talk about teams dropping down because there's, 
you know, if there's no, if, if you're at eight and there's nobody jumping out, you know, to get some draft capital, hop down and, and, and get a few players. If, if there are just, I feel like there are a bunch of guys just in this, in this group and there's not necessarily players that are, that are uh, distancing, distancing themselves or, or standing out. There's just a lot of guys who are really bunched up who you could probably get at. You could probably get them at 12 and you could probably get them at 21. Yeah, I'm real. Yeah. Brian, I think you're back. So go ahead and Brian, can you hear me? I was going to say, Michael Scott uh, from Sports joining the show on our Twilight Zone episode of Out of Line here on Fox <laughs> Sports Radio, uh, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM, flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights. I sure hope the Golden Knights don't have the issues we had tonight or no one's going <laughs> to hear the game. But, uh, you know, you talked about the number eight pick in the draft, Mike. We've got number seven, the Detroit Lions, and yeah. every for all practical purposes, it looks like they're going to take Jamar Chase out of LSU, yeah. who really is a physical NFL prototype receiver right now. Yeah. Maybe a little shorter than Megatron, um, but the bottom line is, how good is this guy, and are the Lions making a mistake if they don't take him? Because there's also talk about taking that offensive lineman from Northwestern, who I think is going to be lights out, but for God's sakes... We just got rid of Kenny Galladay and Marvin yep. Jones in the same season. They don't take Jamar Chase. I'm not watching a game this year. Yeah, and I, I'm sure Lions fans get a little bit of PTSD when you take uh, you take wide receivers high in the draft. But yeah, I think you have to take a wide receiver. Right, L losing Galladay, uh, you you need to refill. You need to uh, replace that that number one receiver. I, I think the Lions also probably need help at linebacker and, and a couple other positions, but. Uh, what bad team doesn't? So yeah, I think I think they have to take him. If they don't, uh, then there should probably be an investigation because it the, the pick seems to line up with the need, and 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 um, I think I think he is going to be a playmaker in the league. And I think uh, yeah, if if they do not pick him, that uh, <laughs> we we need to, we need to ask some questions. I agree. I mean, as long as Jared Goff. Which direction the sun sets in now? Maybe we'll be good in that area. Too. Yeah, I don't, I don't Listen, love. Listen, he is God, Michael but... Babcock. PMTC. No, <laughs> not the most cerebral quarterback yeah. around. We are out of time. I I apologize for all the technical difficulties. No, that's okay, Michael. We're going to get you on me. the show again when there's less Absolutely. wind. There's more. There's more uh, web space available, and uh, we <laughs> got to do this again because we love Anytime. watching that TMZ Sports, brother. You guys do such a great job keeping us informed. I want to thank Spencer and Perump. Although I'm never letting you take another day off, you'll be down here. That way, you can suffer with me through the twilight zone. <laughs> and uh, listen, I want to thank uh, Demon Cotton back in the Fox Sports Residential Bankrupt Studio. I am imagine he's going a little bit nuts today as well but we are here every same time same place every week fox sports radio eight o'clock we'll see you next week and all this will be figured out then thanks to jennifer and dylan also here at kickers appreciate you guys as well bye-bye now